Hey guys, Matt Woodward here and wanted to come at you today via Facebook, YouTube, whatever medium you happen to be watching this on in, of course, very unique circumstances. We are in isolation. Some of us, uh, some of you may be in quarantine, which uh, is not super fun. You're off school for the time being. It's hard to know what that's going to look like long-term, whether that is just the two weeks or if that persists. I have my own predictions, but I'll leave that alone for right now. But I wanted to address you today and and just kind of keep connected, even in this time when, when we're isolated. I said it just in a caption on an Instagram post yesterday about, about midweek Bible study. Essentially, what I said was, even though we're isolated, we don't have to be disconnected. So in this time of isolation and all that's happening with COVID-19, please make sure that you stay connected to to family, to friends, to your church family. And uh, of course, be safe. We don't want we don't want to cause any harm or put anybody in danger, people that have uh, health complications, people that are elderly. We don't want to get get uh, in their space and cause any issues for them, but, but please stay connected. You know, if that's through a little bit of video game uh, playing gaming, or, or if that's just uh, Facebook messenger conference calls or whatever you want to do it, just stay connected. That's, that's, that's the main thing. Now I don't want to over spiritualize anything, but uh, I was laying in bed. I really don't even know what time this was, but I think it was earlier this morning. It could have been late last night. It all just kind of blends together for me. But anyway, there was this there was this thing that came to my memory. And years ago, I had heard a preacher talk about an eagle and kind of the behavior of an eagle and how they would interact with their their young, their eaglets. You know, maybe their their teenage eagle children. Um. Now, I did a little bit of research here this morning. I really don't even know if this illustration is true. It may be completely made up. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. There's kind of conflicting information. Um, but even if it's just a fable, even if it's just something that we can lift, you know, a moral from the story, that's good enough for me. I, I think this is interesting. I found this excerpt from an article, and I just want to share a little thought with you today. And uh, who knows? We'll see how often we do this. This may be the only one. Maybe we'll do this every so often while we're in this state of isolation. So here's the excerpt. Let me show you the ways of an eagle in the nest and give you a picture of our lives as well. After the eaglets get to a certain size or maturity, everything changes. One day the mother eagle comes back from being gone, but but this time there's no food in her beak. She doesn't land on the edge of the nest. Instead, she hovers over the nest. You may not know this, but an eagle can do almost what a hummingbird can do. Even though they are great birds, they can remain almost motionless in midair with those great wings just undulating in the breeze. They do this about three feet above the nest, and I'm sure the, if the little eagles could talk to one another, and, and maybe they can, one would certainly say, my, what strong wings mommy has. Why does the mother do this? 
She's demonstrating that those curious appendages on the baby's backs have a useful function. Eagles, of course, were meant to fly, to soar, but the eaglets don't know that. If we take an eagle and separate it at birth from its parents, it will never learn to fly. It will just grovel around in the dirt like a chicken. It might even look up and see eagles soaring overhead and never guess that it was meant to soar itself. Eagles have to be taught. and That is the mother's job. So, first she just demonstrates. The next thing she does is come down into the nest and surprise her young. One can imagine how warm it must normally be for the little eagles to snuggle with their mother and be enshrouded with her feathers. But this time she puts her head up against one of the little ones and pushes that little one closer and closer to the edge of the nest. Hey, hey, mom, mom, what, what are you doing? And all at once she pushes the little one out of the nest and the eaglet falls down the face of the cliff, surely to be destroyed, but not so. In a flash, the great mother eagle, eagle flies down, catches the little one on her back, and flies up, and deposits it back in the nest. Wow, Mom, that was a close call. That must have been a mistake. Must have been an accident, Mom. But you see, it wasn't an accident. The mother bird pushes the little one out again and again, over and over and over. The question is, why would a mother do that to her young? Does she hate the little one? Not at all. It's just that those little birds were made to fly and they don't know it. So she is going to push them out of the nest. She never lets them hit bottom, but she does let them fall because they have to learn something that they don't know. The next time the mother bird comes back, she decides to clean house and she stands on the edge of the nest. The first things to go are the feathers inside. She drops them over the edge and then leaves go over the edge. Heave ho. While this is going on, she's not very talkative either. Mom, what are you doing? She pays no attention. Since she built the house, she knows how to take it apart. Next, she decides to take the sticks out of the middle of the nest and with her great strong beak and feet, she's able to break them off and stand them straight up. Mom, it's not comfortable in here anymore. Then she takes certain key sticks out of the nest and throws them over the edge. Mom, what are you doing? You're wrecking my room. She seemingly pays no attention to the concerns of her young as she prepares to pull the nest apart, for she is determined that those little ones will fly. And she knows something they don't. She knows that they will never fly as long as they remain in the nest. This story here, it kind of made me think about the current circumstance that we are in. How that sometimes God wants to deposit something in us. God wants us to grow personally, collectively as church families, as, as families in our homes. God wants us to be stretched and sometimes it's impossible for us to grow as long as we're comfortable. And so, through various circumstances, there are times that God will push us out of what is comfortable in an effort to grow us and to deposit things in us. You see, that eagle, again, I don't know if this story is true or not. Maybe it's 
completely fabricated fiction and a fable. But I think it still can illustrate a point that is true, and that is that you know, when that eagle is being pushed out of the nest, it's kind of a do-or-die scenario. You're going to learn to fly, or you're going to just completely flail the whole way down. Now, that mother eagle will save it and bring it back up and try again, but 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 it's sometimes when we're in free fall that, that we learn to spread our wings and stretch ourselves, and, and we learn something that we never otherwise would have learned. So th- this story, it kind of puts me in mind of of a narrative in the book of Acts. And, and I'm just going to leave this with you, and I might say a word of prayer before we leave today. But it reminds me of Acts chapter 7. There was a young man named Stephen. He was preaching about Jesus, and, and the crowd didn't like it very much. The religious leaders didn't like it very much, and they stoned him to death for doing what he did, preaching about Jesus. And so you turn in the scripture to Acts chapter 8, the very next chapter, the very first verse, you read this, that Saul was consenting unto his death. He agreed with what happened. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And so you've got the church leadership that were still kind of positioned at the hub of the church in Jerusalem, but all of the believers, all of the Christians, they were scattered, the Bible says, and it was because of persecution. It was because God allowed them to be pushed out of what was familiar and comfortable, right? And the Bible says that they went throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. See, I don't know all that God is going to take this circumstance and use it for, but I do believe that God is going to use this for the growth of the church. God is going to use this this time that we're isolated and away from the hub, away from the church buildings that we're so familiar with, and God is going to use that to expand his kingdom. I believe that he's going to engage individual Christians in deeper levels of ministry as we serve our neighbors and serve our communities and and, and serve those at-risk members of our families. God is going to use us as we, as we interact in a new forum with online church. And, and maybe even God is going to use you to minister in a specific way to a neighbor, to somebody near you. God is not going to waste this circumstance. Yes, we've been pushed out of what is familiar. Yes, we, we have lost that central hub, just like the church at Jerusalem did to a degree. But it wasn't in vain. See, it was God's will that the church go beyond their borders and reach people with the gospel that were unlike them. In fact, Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, familiar scripture, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Watch, both in Jerusalem, they had done that for for quite some time now. In Jerusalem, but also Jesus said, I want you to be witnesses in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Evidently, God wanted them to branch out, but up to now they had only stayed in what was comfortable, in that hub, that that city named Jerusalem. And so in an effort to get the church out of their comfort zone, God permitted persecution. No one would ever wish that circumstance upon themselves or upon a fellow brother, a, you know, somebody like Stephen. Nobody wanted something like that to happen. No one 
welcomes stones being hurled at themselves or or at a fellow believer. But but God allowed this push in the lives of yes, Stephen and also the believers that were present there in Jerusalem because they had more potential in them than they were exhibiting at that time. And so it was a push out of the nest. Right? And this push it catapulted the church into God's will. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, go to Judea and Samaria. But then you flip the reference in Acts 8 and 1, it actually happened, and it happened as a result of persecution. It happened as a result of that push. But here's what's incredible. God didn't waste this circumstance. God didn't waste the scattering or the disbursement of his church. In fact, it was all a part of his plan. Because Acts 8 and 4 says, therefore... They that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Here's what's incredible. The disbursement of the church led to the disbursement of the gospel. And I just want to encourage everybody listening to this today to realize that there is something that God is doing in the background of this circumstance that nobody would have wished on anybody else. Nobody nobody welcomes a pandemic, obviously, but... God is not going to waste this. God is going to use these moments and these weeks and these, what, however long this time period is of us being in isolation and away from one another, at least in person. He's going to use it, I believe, for the expansion of his kingdom, for the expansion of the church, for the deepening of his saints. And we're going to reach into this world and we're going to make a difference. I really believe that. And so my prayer is that in this season, we won't despise it. We won't get frustrated by it. We will realize that that God is in it, and God's going to use it. I'm just going to pray with you today, and uh, thank you for your time, and thank you for listening. God, thank you so much for the privilege that we have today to connect via social media, to connect via video, and my prayer is that you would use a student that's listening, you would use a parent with young kids, a family, Use a believer somewhere, wherever they are. Help them to realize that, that you have a purpose in the midst of this time of uncertainty, this isolation. God, help us to realize that, that ultimately, just like it was in the first century in Acts chapter 8, you dispersed your church, but ultimately it was so that your gospel could be dispersed. And so Jesus, help us to lean in in this season and, and accomplish whatever you're trying to do. Ultimately, God, we pray that, that all of this would work together for our good and for your glory. Somehow in the midst of this, God, we pray that, that the name of Jesus would be exalted. We pray it in that name, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. And uh, if you enjoyed this and you want to see more, let me know. I'd be happy to do it if you enjoyed it. Have a great day. God bless.